Good evening, everyone. Good evening and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Hey, you go. Should change that introduction, shouldn't I? I do that same introduction every week. Steve is here. Mm, I don't know. Some people... I'll think of something new. I will think of something some new. Some people like uh, familiarity. Uh, I'm, a cre- I'm a creature of... Um, uh, what is it? A root routine person so it makes me feel good <laughs> makes me feel safe <laughs> i remember years ago someone said that they said you know like they said to me um this is a really awful thing to say to someone but i'm going to repeat it they said you'll you'll mm. never get anywhere in life because um you just like routine um and wow. you know you're not willing to take any risk that's what they told me Wow. And that was someone actually, about, that was actually someone very well known. <laughs> that, I won't say who it is, on, but that was someone very well known at the time in the fashion industry in Australia. As uh, a lot of the listeners uh-huh. might know, I worked in the fashion industry, but that was someone uh, quite famous that I worked for for quite some time okay, and traveled and traveled yep. and traveled with uh, a okay, lot. I know who it is, yep. Um, and said that to me. Um, so that was, uh, that was nice. That was a nice thing to say. Um, we obviously fell out after that. Yeah. So that was an, um, that wasn't any, uh, good motivation, but anyway, we won't talk about that. Hey, um, so I saw mm. first, let's get into the first thing. Cause I want to talk about this. I want to talk about your drive and then we'll get into the usual things we start off with, but I just want to start off with the drive because Marco, um, did actually mm-hmm. send me, he sent me a picture of the drive that you, it? yeah, he sent me mm-hmm. a picture of the drive that you and guy, you two guys went on. Oh, you went on with the uncle uh-huh. as well, right? But the two cars. My so, uncle was a passenger. Yep. Yeah. So he, he sent me a picture of, um, <clears throat> I posted on Porsche School actually. I reposted it. Uh, I reposted one oh, of the photos. I, I reposted one of the photos that he put on his Instagram, but he sent me some other photos. I think they might've been slightly different, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was really interesting. And for those of the listeners who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Steve's cousin-in-law just bought a speed yellow uh, 996 turbo 996.2, right? Uh, no. 0.1? Is it? 0.1, 0.1. 0.1. Um, and seeing it with your GT3, Steve, the, the rears, yes. yep. it was, yes. it, they're different, but then they, they look so yep. similar in a way, you know, they're so, f- yeah. like it's so fat. When you see that picture, it's like, wow, they're not that far removed, are they? When you look at them, it, it no, was kind I, of weird. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Did yeah. That, Cause I'd never, yeah. I've, I've never really gotten up. Oh no, I have. I never really gotten up close. I was about to say to a nine nine six turbo, but then I guess it's the reference point of having my car alongside, and I know exactly what you mean. Like, it doesn't actually. You kind of think, oh, nine nine six, like it doesn't look that good, and nine nine seven, oh, it looks looks great. But when you see them side by side and you see the evolution of the shape, they're not that far apart. <laughs> No, they're, they're really not. not that far apart. They're not, considering one's a 996 and one's a 997. Um, in fact, the 996... I guess they were built on the same platform, so the the hard points would be the yeah, same. Yeah, true. I showed Tasha and she thought it looked... She said, wow, it looks so wide. The, 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 the 996, the yeah, it looks so wide at the back. Uh, yeah, it is, I guess, yeah. But I don't think it's any wider than yours, is it? Uh, I don't know. Technically, it should be, obviously, because it is a, like, it, it is a wide body and um, a GT3... In a 991, 997.1 is a narrow body, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. It's really cool. I really like it. Yeah, no, it looks good. Let's let's get onto that drive. I want to, I want you to tell me more about the drive and how it how it was following it and how what else happened. Was it was it much interesting? I didn't. Uh, no, so that, that bit's not going to get that interesting, but that's okay. Um, uh, Marco actually hadn't sort of been on a massive blast since he got the car. I have, I'm amazed that. 
you know, I, I would have just kind of gone somewhere stupid <laughs> the first day in it. But um, he had been a very patient man. So that was his first, like, sort of, you know, kind of twisty drive. Um, and he wasn't familiar with that sort of trip down south, so he followed me the whole time. I never chased him. Okay. Um, and so it was good. Look, we went out on a Sunday morning pretty, pretty early, um, but... We took it relatively easy. Marco sort of, I know he'll probably listen to this too. Um, so how was Marco? Was he comfortable with driving it or was he still being quite cautious? Yeah, I think he was probably sort of, I think he was probably taking it a little bit easy because it was, you know, his maiden sort of fang as, as such. And I think also he had his father-in-law in the passenger seat. <laughs> I don't know if that sort of made a difference or not, but uh, I know if that was me, um, or like even if my uncle kind of sat with me and we were going on that drive, I'd probably try to be a little bit more respectful because I know I hate being a passenger. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in a car, sort of kind of going for a fang. Yeah, so. it's going to be good. Hopefully we can uh, organise a drive when I get back. It's going to be uh, interesting yeah, 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 following yeah. A, a turbo and a GT3. I don't know if I can keep up, but it's going to be an interesting well, sight, no, that's no, for no. sure. To be honest, like we were going at a decent, uh, a pace decent, which is a decent amount slower than what you and I would do. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. it wasn't. Um, also because um, Marco inherited a little issue with this turbo. It's kind of on, um, I mentioned it before, it's on JIC suspension. Right. Um, coilovers. Right. And it was picked up in the PPI that it sort of rubs in, inside the, um, oh. the, you know, the wheel arch liners. Oh, okay. So... He needs. Why is that? Because it's too low, Steve. Yeah, they noted that on um, Chris at Autohouse, who he was talking to, said that you'll you'll rub on full lock, um, and yeah, and and they, you can tell because when they literally got underneath the car, the wheel arch liners um, are worn. So he's basically got to um, reset the suspension. I don't know if it's that's sort of what I said to him. I'm kind of curious to see how he approaches it whether or not that means raising the ride height or whether some of the geometry is not quite right or something so like did that. you tell him to take it to Heesman's? no i mentioned Heesman's to him but um autohouse can uh, i like i also think that autohouse are pretty good with their suspension setup so they've always looked after me so yeah um tim did mine when he did the alignment that time and he set it up really really well in fact yeah. when they do it again yeah, I, because they have to realign yeah. my car again when they fix the steering rack they said yep. once they do the steering, and they said it was pulling a little bit to the right, the front of the wheel anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I want Did them, you notice that? To be really honest, I noticed yep. it almost straight after they did the alignment. Okay. And I yep. mentioned it to them, and they yep. said it's probably just the road when I mentioned it to them. Oh, okay. But then this time, yep. Chris said that, you know, it's pulling a bit to the right. So, you know. Under braking or? Just when I'm driving, not a lot, like so minimal, yeah. so minimal that you don't yeah. know whether it is the, the, the angle of the road. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't really know Just because the camber in the road. Yeah. yeah. Because it's such a small amount, Steve. Um, yeah. and I remember bringing it up when they probably a month after they did the alignment, um, and yeah. they said, oh, it's probably just a road. And then, but this time around, maybe it's got out a bit more. Maybe it's been, maybe it's thrown out more, but it doesn't feel that bad to me. It's just minimal. Uh, the reason why I ask that is that occasionally they've sort of said to me, hey, you know, like your steering wheel isn't quite straight or just something like that. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even notice it. 
um, you know, it, it it didn't it didn't occur to me until they actually kind of flagged something right. with the car. I guess when um, they yeah. I guess when they fix, I mean, my steering rack for people that don't know, you know, it's got a leak and it's got to be reconditioned. Um, but I guess when they fix that, you know, it'll get the alignment and then I'll make sure it's exactly right. Um, but what I was going to say yeah. is I want them to set it up how Tim set it up last time because it, it's, it's always felt good in that setup, which I told him that, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, don't drive a lot around the city, not really a daily driver. Yeah. I just want it set up. What, yeah. I think you told me, I asked you actually, and you said to tell him what to say. Yeah. And I just said I wanted so, it for spirited driving. So he set it up in a particular way and he knew exactly what to do. And it always felt great on those roads, always felt great. I, I didn't sort of say this is as explicitly to Marco, but I was about to, and I know he's listening again, or I'm pretty sure he'll be listening, but um, I just sort of found that, like, there are some people that are really technical and can start sort of saying, oh, like, you know, I think it needs a little bit more toe-in and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm obviously not like that, but I've I've always found that if you just sort of say to particularly Grant, you know, this is how I'm using the car, this is what I've noticed, um, you know, can you have a look at it? Um, he's really good at interpreting, you know, what, what you're actually kind of after. And then he'll translate that to a suspension setup. So, um, without fail, um, pretty much most times he's kind of, he's really nailed it, which is sort of why I've never felt the need to kind of go to somebody like Heisman's or, um, David East Coast suspension. Yeah. Cause you don't want to get too technical. I don't know what all those degrees and whatever they are. I don't know how they all work. I just know it felt right. And, you know, that was the main thing. Yeah. I understand a little bit of it in theory, but I don't think, you know, I'm not kind of in tune enough to kind of go, oh, you know, like um, because I hit this bump at this speed and this sort of happened that therefore, yeah, you know, yeah. my toe-in's wrong, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the so. toe-in, that's right. Um, let me just let me just go back, uh, Steve, for a bit. Let me just uh, introduce, mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you to another Patreon member that um, joined, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I just want to say thanks to James. Um, I don't know where James is from and I don't know whether he owns a 911 as yet, um, but <clears throat> thanks for joining Porsche Cool, James. And I just want to go back to l- last week. Thank you, James. Uh, I just want to go back to last week um, where I did a call out. And you know, I always do a call out for new Patreon members. And Patreon is where you guys yeah. can uh, support the podcast. Steve knows all about it. Uh, you just go to patreon.com slash Porsche Cool. Um, you can pay $2 a month. You can pay $5 a month. You can pay $10 a month, which really helps us uh, just to keep talking. And last week, uh, Vasilis joined. Um, I still don't know whether I'm pronouncing it right, Vasilis. I hope I am, Vasilis. Um, Vasilis is originally from Greece. He does live in Rome, and he's looking to getting a, another 911. He's had uh, Porsches before, I think. Um, so cool. I just wanted to say another shout-out to Vasilis because last week I didn't know much about him, but he does live in Rome, and he is uh, originally from um, Athens, I think. Yeah, cool. Um, nice one. Just uh, before we kind of go on, so just on that drive too, um, Curiously, we met in um, the car park at Audley Weir, you know, just after Audley Weir, where the, that little kind of dip is. Audley Weir. And oh, that I awful was, dip! That awful dip in the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where, where you undoubtedly always, you're going to scrape. <laughs> where you always scrape. I can hear it in the car. <laughs> the window I used to scraping. And it makes all of us wince every time yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um, so I was pulling out of the car park, and as I was, because I was in front. And just as I was about to pull out a black 997S, Carrera S, nice. and how do I know that? Because that was literally the number plate, um, 997S. Um, Good plate. Just sort of rolled along, so flashed his lights, told me to kind of go first, then pulled in between Marco and I. 
Um, and I sort of felt bad. It's like, oh, okay, so if I kind of hoon off and I lose Marco, then I won't do maybe, that. Maybe so um, kind of pass me. Maybe he listens to the podcast and he recognised you. He knew who you were. Well, he was a young guy. Like in the end, we were sort of. Um, he was in front. I had to kind of pull back because I kept sort of losing Marco, and I didn't really want to just sort of completely kind of lose him because he hadn't been down that road before. Right. Um, but we wound up kind of pulling up at the Scarborough Hotel and um, Black uh, Carrera S997 guy sort of came out and had a little bit of a chat. He wanted to have a look at my car and okay. um, had a chat with Marco and about his car as well. So oh, cool. it's funny, like, um, again, you know, you know what I'm like, massive introvert, don't really talk to strangers much. <laughs> how, long, awkward. how long had he owned the 997 for? I think he said four years. Okay. Um, yeah. So he wasn't an Asian guy, was he? No, right. no. Just a youngish guy with, I think, his girlfriend. Um, said that he'd had it for four years. Then he sort of said, oh, "I want one. I want one like yours." Hey, have you seen the one at Auto House? There's a you know the white GT3 that's sitting there. I was going to ask you about that car. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> Why hasn't yeah. that that one at Auto House is is how do I say it? It puzzles me a little bit because I, I really don't like the idea mm. of a GT3 with a sunroof. Um, and it's got a sunroof. Is that one of a sunroof? Yeah, it's got oh, a okay. sunroof, yep. which is a bit odd because it's a it's a touring. It's rare in Australia. It's yeah. a touring uh, for the listeners. It's a white GT3 997.1 touring of that spec, if you call it touring. It was right, but mm-hmm. with lightweight mm-hmm. buckets and with a sunroof. Mm-hmm. But the price mm-hmm. of it, I think the, yeah. the oh, price sorry. of it is actually quite reasonable, and it's sitting. And I don't understand why it hasn't sold. Um, have you seen I it? I have. Mm, yeah, I had. Oh, not in person. I've okay. seen the ad, obviously. Um, and I saw that it had. I saw that it had sold quite a few months ago um, through the Porsche. What did, was it? Porsche PFA Porsche Forum Australia. Oh, um, really? Forums website. So somebody had literally just bought it, only had it for a few months, and then um, obviously went back through Auto House. So I don't. Yeah, I. I think I can't imagine. There's not going to be anything wrong with the car because Auto House don't deal like that, you know. Like, um, I know they sort of inspect the car, blah blah blah. So, there'd be nothing wrong with it. Um, as to why is it sitting there for longer? I don't know. Like, maybe actually, to be honest, when you think about it, there's not been that many since my mate bought his car. There's nothing. Yeah, available. there haven't been that many cars that popped up. So you can't tell whether or not things have sort of slowed down because it's not like something came yeah. up and then sold really quickly. For the listener, But for the listeners in Australia who are watching GT3s, I mean, that one at Auto House is mm. a pretty good one. If you can get over the sunroof thing. One. Yeah. yeah, if you can get over... The, I'm still not sure about a sunroof in a GT3. For some reason, it just doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? I don't know. It, I know that shouldn't be a deal breaker, Steve, but you know the one I like? Yeah. And I would actually, I would actually forego the lightweight buckets because of the sunroof. Mm. And I would go with the black one that's been for sale for a while with the carbon ceramics that only has 10,000 kilometers. Just over 10,000 K. Yeah. So that one's been sitting for ages. And I am a more, I'm a little bit more surprised that that one sort of sat because I don't think price. the price on that is that crazy for such a low mileage car. I think it was 279,000. I think it's now it he's dropped it by 10 to 269. But if you could get that yeah. one at 250, it's got carbon ceramics. It's got Xenons, obviously. Um, it doesn't yep. have the navigation system, which is cool. It's just got the radio, which is what you want, yep. right? Yep. It doesn't have the lightweight buckets. I mean, I guess you could buy yep. a set, new set from Porsche and put them in if you wanted to. 
or a U-set. For 20-something grand. <laughs> yeah. A U-set. But there's something about that one I really do like because it's something, you know, it's always, I don't know, it's the black with the yellow um, ceramics. You know, it's something about yeah. the black with the yellow ceramics just looks really cool. I don't yeah. know, does it got yellow seatbelts? It'd be great with yellow seatbelts too, you know, to put the yeah, yellow seatbelts in there. I I can't remember. I know what you're saying. That car, that car looks really cool as yeah. well. Um, so, like, I don't, to answer your question as to... Why is the white one at auto house sitting for so long? I don't actually think it's sitting that long. I think it's just that the last reference point that I can think of was my mate and that car popped up and then he bought it like a week later. <laughs> so that one didn't sit that long. But I think, say the last six months, I don't think um, 907 GT3s have been sort of flying off the shelves that quickly. Well, the thing is you look at, a, I don't know. You know that I, I looked on um, Porsche. I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I looked on Porsche's website for used cars. I don't normally look on their site on Australia just to see what yep. they had. And it was surprised yep, yep. me how many of them weren't actually on car sales, right? And they, oh, had, okay. yep. they had a GT Silver, uh, GT Silver GT4 with the gold RM wheels, right? It was oh, yeah. 208,000 yep. new GT4. Yep, yep. I looked at it on the Saturday. I went back to look at it on the Monday. Gone. Yep. Gone. Yeah. yeah, that white GT3 RS, the white GT3 RS for three seventy nine that I told you about with the ceramics, very pl- whites, you know, with the buckets with the yellow seat belts, three seventy nine. Yeah, gone. Yeah. So you know, so what I'm about to say is not coming from a place of like authority or anything at yes, all. Yes, it is. Um, as per usual, normal <laughs> disclaimer. Where yes, no it is. <laughs> but I reckon, like the kind of client that goes and buys a car from the used Porsche dealership is different from like other people because yeah. they clearly, the, the markup on the car is clearly higher. Like, and I can say this because of um, Cindy's McCann, my wife's McCann. We went and had a look, you know, um, at a couple in the dealership and it was significantly higher. And yes, you know, like you kind of walk in, they offer you a cup of coffee. They're like, let you take it for a test drive. You know, for me, they kind of, you know, like a sort of, you know, talk the talk, dress a, dress a little bit better, <laughs> you know, seated into the conversation that I'd, you know, I was a Porsche person, all that sort of stuff, just to kind of make sure that, you know, they would, this sounds terrible, but kind of treat you properly, <laughs> um, which they did. But I just reckon that, um, that, in order, because the markup, like the car, that was a that was just a sort of an S, a McCann S, not the turbo that we wound up with, yeah. and it was still, it was still like at their bottom price. It was still like another fifteen grand more than uh, what I paid for the turbo. Um, yeah, it's, so it, it's interesting. I reckon it's a particular type of person that wants that experience, that doesn't necessarily kind of know how to kind of trawl through the kind of shit that is on car sales to kind of get to a good one i guess and it you know porsche dealers i guess don't advertise on all sites but yeah i guess sometimes though the cars that come Mm. up at porsche dealers there are sometimes more some special ones that come up right oh absolutely like the gray like the gray sometimes they're better yeah the gray and red wheeled 997.2 gt3 rs that was at porsche sydney that i went and looked at in fact, I was there yep. twice. I went and looked at it because I went there twice. To, I went yep. and bought some accessories, and then I went back and bought and looked at it again. And that sat yep. there for ages. I don't know if you remember that, Steve. It sat there for ages. I think it went from three seven nine down to three forty nine for a nine nine seven point two GT three S in the grey with the red. Like when you think yeah, about yeah, that yeah, now, yeah. it's like man, that was that probably never come up yep. again at that price. 
but you know, I was just I was just thinking when you were saying that about Porsche dealers, and I was thinking about Eric, yep. um, who was on Owner Stories. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And he, you know, how he bought the nine nine seven from the dealer, and then he bought the Boxster from the dealer. Yep. And he liked yep. the experience, you know, and he got, you know, the warranty oh. in the first one. And, and when you hear him, when I, I remember, I'm just flash, I'm just trying to, you know, refresh my memory here, but listening to Eric's story about the yep. dealer experience, it sounded like a great experience. And he sounded, you know, and Absolutely. it gives you that peace of mind, you know, he got warranty on the 997, you know, and then he bought the Boxster from them and they treated him, you know, so it is. Let me, let me re-articulate what I was trying to say too, I think, because I just realized, I think that kind of came out the wrong way. I just sort of think. You like, hate Porsche dealers. Undoubtedly, the. <laughs> The car, no, no, no. The car, the cars that they offer are obviously kind of good ones, and because they've been sort of backed up by going through their service department, plus they'll have to kind of yes. offer like a Porsche warranty, they will be better cars. But I think also that it's they're not the kind of cars for somebody that's super tight, like kind of trying to get like an absolute bargain. Yeah, it's the true, kind of person true. that's happy to pay the extra money and then for sure you're going to get a better experience in terms yeah. of the customer service and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time, as we oh. know, whether it's, and we're talking about Australia here for the people listening internationally, but if it's Porsche yeah, Sydney yeah. or Sorry, Porsche no, Willoughby, yeah. you know, they bought the car from there. Some of these people have bought multiple cars from there. They only get it serviced there. They don't go to PR technology. They don't go to Auto House. They yeah. don't go to Central Coast Porsche or whatever it's called. And Central Coast, whatever that one's called, AutoWorks. They don't yeah, go to yeah, any yeah. of these places. All they do is just go to Porsche. So, and I think Eric said the same, you know, the car has been serviced by them, you know, they, you pick it up, it's yep. got all the details, which makes you feel like you don't need to get a PPI because they've got all the records. Yep. And I guess if you're yep. getting a warranty, you don't. So I see the benefit of, of not yep. getting a PPI and getting a PPI. But, you know, it's, it's Put it, you know, for a first I Porsche buyer, like, for a first Porsche buyer, it's probably quite exciting buying it from a Porsche dealer. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, it's just that. It's like... Buying buying your car used from a Porsche dealership isn't for tight asses, basically. No, you always any dealer that you're going to pay a bit of a premium. You know, look, let's be honest. Yeah, not necessarily. But let's yeah. be honest. Where I bought my car from in Sydney, they're not. You know, they obviously have a markup as well. You know what I mean? By the amount that they took off mm. my car when I bought it, there was obviously a markup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we so we bought um, the McCann from a Land Rover Jag dealer in our time, and and we got a steal. Well, I reckon we did, but. Um, I reckon we got a really good deal. I was that, going to so. tell you, and I know um, people like Ajmal hates me to- hates me talking about SUVs on the podcast, but there's yeah. a Macan at, at, at Scuderia Graziani, where I bought my car from in yep. Woolloomooloo in Sydney. Yep. Um, they've yep. got a. If anyone's looking for a Macan in Sydney, they've got a night blue Macan. I just noticed there today, hmm. turbo. Yeah. I think it's got sixty sixty thousand kilometers for yep. eighty six grand. I thought that was pretty good. It's a little high, but yeah. Really? It's not bad. I thought it was not all right. Bad. Nice color. Yeah, nice color. Night blue. I think it's got black wheels, but not the cool wheels like yeah. yours. It doesn't have those cool Fuchs type wheels like oh, yours. those sport classic things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, and just going off what you said about SUVs, it's funny because um, I think, I, I don't think I have, but I think in previous podcasts when we've been talking about um, my cousin in Law Marco. Yeah. I think I don't think I've actually ever sort of said, "Hey, it's his first Porsche." It's not his first Porsche. He's actually got a KN as well. But it's funny how that's what I, you told me. You told me it was his first Porsche. Yeah. Well, see, and I don't. It's because I don't think of um, <laughs> a KN or a McCann as a Porsche. Sorry, or Cayenne McCann owners. Um, yeah. Speaking of owners, let me just uh, let me do a shout out about owner stories this week. Um, mm-hmm. Have you listened to it, Steve? I can't remember if you said yes or no. I have. I did. And I did you sent it to me? And yeah, it was cool. Okay. 
shit. Is that what you're you're okay, so um, Porsche Guild owner stories this week was a good one. Um, Stephen from Jersey in the Channel Islands. Um, in the podcast, I did actually say he's from London in the UK because I. I was stupid and it was late at night and I didn't know what I was talking about. But he's actually from Jersey oh. in the Channel Islands. Um, Stephen was uh, Stephen reached out to me, I think, by email. I think Ajmal and, and Stephen, flat cap driver, they chat every now and again. Stephen yeah, had a right. really good history. I sent you. I actually sent Steve the link today for the listeners' sake. No, I sent the link of uh, that 1972 um, 2.4S that he had, which was... The orange one. Yeah, which they sold for yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, which um, is about, a, I mean, I reminded him how much it would cost today. But you see it, for, he originally bought this 1972 911. I'm sorry, Stephen, if I get this wrong. I haven't got it all written down. 1972 911 2.4S that was uh, done to a 2.7, I think. Um, and it was meant to look like an ST, I think. Um, he bought it from Auto Farm. Um, yeah, it was it was restored to look like an ST. It's it was cool. in blood orange. It was in yeah. the best color. It was his first uh, 911, his first Porsche, um, and it was a reason. It's a reasonably famous car as well, Steve. I don't know if you caught that. It was owned by a guy called Chris right. Harvey, a journalist, and it's on the cover of a book. It's also been on 911 and Porsche World. Um, that's why I sent you the link today of that car because that was uh, that oh, was okay. an old ad of it. I just looked at the pictures. I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, go through the, um, yeah. But we're gonna. I want to get back to this later in the podcast when we talk about, um, you know, his speed everything because it's kind of interesting what um, Stephen said to me about the reason why he chose the nine twelve based on where he lives. Yep. He lives in um, Jersey yep. on the on the Channel yep. Islands, and the Channel Islands have you know low speed limits um, and lots of uh, you know lots of um, control. Basically, lots of you know you get a lot of tickets yep. quite easily, so you have to be careful. Um, so I want to talk yep. about that when we get into the later part of the podcast. But he owned that Mercedes yep. 500e, which I told you about before. Um, yeah, he cool. owned a 981 Boxster. It's interesting when I talk to people, owners, Steve, that have bought a car new. You know, there is, and it's like Nick, uh, Nick in Melbourne, architect driving in Melbourne, Nick with his 991.2 yep. Carrera. Yep. I know you pay a lot more money, but there is, you know, there is, and, and you know, I, the, both the Audis I bought, I, I bought them new as you knew, uh, as you know. Mm -hmm. The first one, the A3 mm -hmm. Turbo, I didn't spec. That was just in stock, but I got them to change the seats and yep. the next one I spec'd out. But there is something really special when you spec it yourself, isn't there? You know, you, you spec it exactly how you want it. Um, I know you pay the premium for it. I've only done it twice, I think, in my own car history yeah see nick uh, nick did that with his point two and he got the manual and he got no sunroof you know and he's and he spec'd yep. it really well and then you know <clears throat> steven did it with his boxster his 981 boxster he spec'd it how he wanted it oh and there was also um elliot with his 992 uh gt silver carrera s you know specified optioned exactly how he wanted it as well um uh, i have spoken to other people too i can't remember everyone off the top of my head sorry um but then yeah. he but i think it's a good i think it's a good thing to do then he's owned the other classics. He owned a couple of E30 BMW M3s. Uh, he mm -hmm. owned the Ferrari 456, which has come up on my radar recently because there's someone I follow on Instagram who's got a Porsche in London who's also now just bought a 456. But I read mm -hmm. they're a bit like the 355 for service. Um, you know where they're expensive. Yeah, I still think it's I nice looking, much about a them. nice looking car. They're nice looking cars. Uh, and then yeah. Stephen has the 912, you know, the perfect color, Irish green. Uh, I think it was built in late 68, but it's a 69 model year, 912 Irish green. Um, he chose, yep. he was going to take it to Auto Farm to get restored. I won't give away the whole story because no one will listen to it. But I thought it was good that he's yep. taking it to uh, Prill, Andy Prill at Prill Porsche Classics. Um, and he's, 
I like how he's had tacked it, Steve. Like he, you know, he's getting the engine completely rebuilt. He's getting, as he said, the wiring was like terrible, so it's getting all rewired, which yeah. is good. He's not touching the paint. Yeah. Andy Prill gave him one of the uh, Protipo original 70s wheels or didn't give him, he probably yep. bought it, I mean, not gave it to him. Um, yep. And I think it's going to be a really well-sorted 912. Even the pictures that I put on the podcast on and which are coming up on the YouTube one as well, the, the images that he, that he sent me, which are on Instagram actually, um, it's yep. a great-looking car as it is. You know what I mean? It looks pretty... Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Irish green's uh, obviously a very nice colour. Yeah, so if very you haven't listened... Vogue at the moment. Yeah, true, true. Anyway... For any of the listeners that haven't listened to that, that's in Porsche Cool Donor Stories number 31, uh, which was uh, came went live on Tuesday. Um, I just want to cover the Apple ratings and reviews just very quickly, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. As I always say, Apple ratings and reviews, um, you've heard this on other podcasts, I'm sure, but it does actually help us get uh, seen. It does help us up, uh, get up the charts in on Apple, on the podcast charts. And I always like to give a thank you to the people who, who have taken the time to give a proper review. Um, there's three this mm-hmm. week. Um the first one was uh, from Vasilis, who I mentioned before, who's from Rome, Patreon member, uh, must hear for Porsche enthusiasts. So thank you for that, uh, Vasilis. Five stars. Thank you so much. Um, I won't read them all out. I'll just read the titles. The second one was, mm-hmm. I like the title of this one, Great Porsche Waffle. Um, I thought that was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> and that was from, uh, that was uh, five stars. And that's from uh, the, the EVSY uh, from Great Britain. So thank you for that review. It's- it's a very, uh, very tactful way of sort of saying. No, I like this one's better. This, this, this title's better. I like this. If you're going to leave us a review, I love these. I love these weird titles. Porsche tragic uh. fodder. Porsche tragic fodder. <laughs> <laughs> so that one, that one made me laugh. And that one is from. Uh, this one is from a guy in Sydney actually. Recently subscribed and enjoying the free flowing format and banter. Being a local Sydney Porsche owner enthusiast plus a tragic market watcher. I know a lot of the guests, cars, and people discussed. It's almost like listening to mates talk over coffee. Thanks for the regularity of the episodes and keep it real. Uh, and I get the 996 and 9912. Don't listen to the haters. I think that's what he's saying. Don't listen to the haters. I think it's a typo there. Uh, and maybe a run when we're back in Sydney. Um, and that's uh, Tips 911 via a podcast, Apple Australia. So thanks for that. Um, so three good reviews, cool. Steve. Very, very good. We're getting to, I think we're almost at 100 ratings and reviews now. We're pretty close to 100. So hopefully hopefully we'll get to 100 for our 100th episode in two weeks. Now, getting old, mate. I just want to ask you something, actually. Um, and I listened okay, to, okay. I just want to point out, and the, uh, Steve put me on to this podcast, which I knew nothing about, and I've never listened to it before, and I'd never heard of the guy before. Um, he obviously has a lot of money. He's obviously a lot richer than me. And that's um, Sam. Nobody's richer than you, mate. That's Sam Moore. Moore, is it? Sam uh, Moore. And have you never looked at his stuff? Yeah. Okay. No. And I looked at it on Instagram and I followed him and I hadn't, I hadn't even been following him on Instagram, which I found really weird. Okay. Yep. Um, it kind of looked yep. familiar. Like I've seen the photos, but I wasn't following him. So I followed him on Instagram. Then I found out yep. he's got a podcast and he's got a YouTube channel and he apparently owns a Ferrari. Is that true? He owns an F40. He owns an F40. He's, he, his family... Uh, is insanely wealthy, sold a business. I don't, I can't remember what oh, it was. Okay. Um, and as part of that, um, he went out and got bought himself a blue um, F40. Yeah, he's good mates with um, Shmi and oh, really? I think he went to school with Shmi and stuff like that. Oh, so okay. he, I think he's a photographer, but 
this is going to sound really weird and quite judgy, but um, he strikes me as being a bit more grounded than some of the kind of other um, sort of classic well, kind of YouTubers, even mm. though he's obviously st stupidly rich. But look, I I gravitate towards him because he has a blue 997.2 GT3 RS. Mm. Um, so he's kind of, you know, put up some con content and a quiet liked the insight and I kind of agree yeah. with some of no, his I'll, observations. I'll look I'll look at it more I'll look into it more and I might listen to another podcast. Um mm. I'll tell you what I thought about the podcast. I'll tell you I'll tell you the good yeah, things sure. first. Um I thought yeah. I mean the episode that I think the listeners should listen to if they if they haven't come across this part podcast before, it's called Car Chat Podcast, right? Yep. Car Chat Podcast. Yep. Um yes, you yeah. should have a listen to it and you should listen to the one uh, that has Alex from Sharkworks, who's the owner of Sharkworks. Yep. Um who is English and I never knew he was English before, which is very weird, but he's actually yep. originally from the UK. Um yep. and have a listen to that episode. It's really, really interesting. He talks about the GT4. He talks about GT3s. He talks about problems with GT4s. He talks about the difference between a GT3. He talks about turbos because he was really into turbos. Um, doesn't yep. he, Steve? He talks about yeah, yeah. talks about a lot of the car stuff. He started There's, out with turbos. Yep. Yeah. I, I started listening to it on my uh, exercise run late today. Um, yep. I, I almost turned it off because I found it really slow. I have to say the beginning. I found That's it, thing. Like I found it really, really slow to get into it. But then when he started talking yep. and, he, you know, he was doing most of the talking, it was pretty interesting. So I would say definitely take a listen to it. The thing that I found interesting, Stephen, this is probably relevant to Marco, um, I didn't realize yep. that the coolant line problem, the coolant line problem on the GT3 is also a problem on turbos. Yeah, because it's a Metzger block. They're all Metzger engines. Yeah, and then I felt like an idiot because then I thought when I'm walking, ah, oh, it's Metzger. But, you know, I know we've mentioned this before and I said, you know, if you get a used GT3, but if you get a used uh, turbo 996 or turbo 997 yep. or GT2, you have to be yep. aware of the fact that, you know, your coolant lines will have to be replaced and pinned. Yeah, look, you know, that's my opinion of it. And it was interesting to hear Alex from Sharkworks, who I reckon, like, you know, Rob Dickinson, the guy that started Singer, yes. he's an Englishman as well. He's sort of like him without the swagger. <laughs> um, I've read a lot of stuff from him. He's a, he seems like a really nice bloke and just pretty kind of down to earth. Um, anyway, the Sharksworks guy was really interesting. One, I didn't know he was—he had like mm. a, some kind of tech website and obviously sold it for a shitload yeah, yeah, of money. Yeah. And then he said, as soon as he yeah, sold yeah. it, he went and bought himself a 996 Turbo. Um, and he's talking about and that's the, what kind of got him into it. Yeah, in the yeah. 80s in London, you know, around Sloan Square with like Lamborghini, uh, what was it, Countach's and Ferraris and you know, 928. So he's yep. kind of of that era. Um, but it was yep. interesting. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I thought the thing about the, the 981 that he was talking about, people who are looking at buying a GT4 instead of a 911, um, you know, how yep. he said the 981 for sound is a really is, is what you buy for the sound. Um, even though the yes. 981 has issues, as he says, it's got that third gear issue, which I knew nothing about. Um, it'd yep. be really cool to get a 981 and do that pack that he does. I don't know how you would get that done in Australia or I'm guessing there's people that do Sharkworks packs around the world or not? You know how you can do all the modifications? I, I know people, they've, they've got such a big reputation um, that I know people like from overseas ship cars to them and stuff, but I don't know if they literally will kind of sell, Oh, you know, like they'll rebuild an engine and send the engine to, you know, to 
to order house to get them to fit it. I, I guess I probably would for the right amount of money, but because they have the um, pinning solution as well that they that they do for the engineer, yeah, the engineer, the yeah. pinning solution. So I don't know whether other people around the world can sell that. I mean, they did mention that someone from Hong Kong was selling sending a car to him. He did mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting yeah. though. The nine eight one for sound, the seven eight seven one eight for speed. You know, what yeah. do you want? Do you want the speed or you want the sound? And I think as much as I like sound. the seven one. I would go for the sound. Yeah, I'd go with the 981. But if you could get a well-sorted yep. 981 GT4 for not a lot of money, Steve, do the yep. Sharkworks, you know, the new... Like he said, he made that GT4 like an RS because well, there was never a GT4 RS, you know, with the flywheel. Yeah, the thing that they're most known for is the um, the regear. Yeah, the flywheel sort of as re-gear, well, he said. Some of the transmission, which I think is very dear. Like um, Matt Farah talks about it a lot um, and I think it's right up there is in it? terms of cost. But, but it yeah. was interesting how he said the GT4, you know, suspension-wise, he didn't touch it. It was really sorted. The balance and the yep. suspension was sorted. He didn't have to mess with it at all, not like the 996s when he had to mess with them. He said it was sorted. Um, so I thought yep. that was interesting. But it was a good episode. I think it, the listeners, if you, if you haven't heard it, go and take a listen. Steve was right. It is actually a good episode. Bear with it in the beginning. It's a bit slow when it starts, but it... it there's a lot of good info in there, that's for sure. I think maybe maybe the difference too. I was kind of curious. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't sure how you would sort of if you'd find it interesting or not. But I think particularly for anybody that's got a GT3, whether it's 906 or 997, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the. It's like a two and a half hour kind of ramble on GT3s, and there's a lot of interesting stuff no, in there. But then I went off leaving that, and then as soon as I come back home, you know, after the hour or so being out just went for a mm. walk didn't run today yeah. as soon as i went back yeah. i went on to car sales to see if there was any 997 gt3 rs's for sale you know because alex from sharkworks is saying that's the best one you know that guy's got yeah. one it's the best one and you think you know you know the earliest gt3 rs for sale in australia is is on car sales is the 991.1 there's no 996s and there's no 997s yeah because there won't be that many of them and um the longer this kind of thing goes on, like, you know, the latest release of the GT3 and everything, the more that they're going to be revered. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, they're just, like, they're obviously super, super kind of revered cars. They've got such a big reputation. It's only getting bigger. Like, even that thing, um, we were going to talk about it a couple of weeks ago, but um, the little uh, Top Gear YouTube video with Chris Harris where he's talking yeah. to that other dude yeah. um, and he nominates the... 907.2 GT3 RS as the one 911 that he would choose if he could only have one. So, you know. See, I thought that was really interesting hearing that from Chris Harris. And I know we have it, we didn't mention it last yeah. week, but an interesting mm. choice for him because he's owned two tourings. Right. He had that touring that was written yep. off that he had yep. the accident, not yep. his fault. And then he bought a new yep. touring and then did the Topaz skin, as we've talked about. Yep. I thought he was going to say touring. Because this is, you know, if you could only have one 911, and he actually said the GT3 RS, 997. I didn't find it that surprising. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even... Um, if you could only have one, Andrew Frankel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like heaps of, heaps of kind of car journalists um, sort of say, like Andrew Frankel, who's just done, well, he's been doing that intercooler thing, which is now an online magazine. Uh, it's really awesome. Go and have a look at it. Yeah, you sent me that, um, and I haven't, I haven't uh, gone to it. I've never heard of it before yeah. either. And who's who is it again? 
Andrew Frankel and Dan Prosser. Remind me um, who Andrew Frankel is because it sounds familiar and I can't remember who it is. Old school uh, English car journalist who worked on like everything like auto car and all that sort of stuff. Because I know the name. Good mates yeah. with Chris Harris. Okay. Um, knows his stuff, races cars. Um, he recently, I think, pretty much said, I'm pretty sure he said a 997.2 right. um, as well is his pick for like the car. But what is Intercooler? It's, a, it's, a, it's an app with articles like Medium where you read articles or what actually is it? It's, it started out, it was called Drive Nation. It started out as an Instagram oh, it's Drive thing Nation. where they cleverly, they cleverly posted little journalistic stories within the 10, right. in the, within the 10 frames on Instagram. Really smart because that was the first time I'd ever seen anybody kind of do that and I followed it av- avidly. Then they did a podcast, which is actually also quite good. Um, I'll, I'll admit that I never actually really liked Dan Prosser when he was a Evo journalist, but I've mm, slowly kind of warmed to him. I can't remember who he is. And now, beginning of this week, they've they've launched um, a digital magazine, basically. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which um, I've subscribed to, and it's really good. The other thing which I thought was interesting, and we'll get off this topic now, but uh, Alex Shartworks um, saying that, yeah. you know, a turbo will always sound like a turbo. It's never going to sound like a GT3. It doesn't matter yeah, how true. much you do to the exhaust. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marco. Yeah. Um, it'll, never sound like a, uh, it'll never sound like a GT3. Um, it's always going to sound like a turbo. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Yep. Yeah, it's true. And then the thing of what he said about the GT2, that, you know, the GT2, is a car that you're not going to mm. love on the first drive. It's, you know, live with it for a month and then, you know, you'll understand it. But you're not going to love that car when you first get into it and just drive it once or twice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I don't know why. that um, probably you have to get used to the speed, right? That would be just so stupidly quick. Yeah, true, true. Let's get on to the speed, actually, Steve. Um, yeah, and, and I'll just tell the listeners, Steve, came, Steve uh, and I do little notes here, um, Sometimes I'm not that <laughs> proactive on it because this week I've been crazy. But Steve That's had the right. thing about a speed everything. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we've, we've kind of talked about this before, haven't we, Steve, in a little bit, you know, with the 912 and the experience. Sort of. But yeah. I just want to flash back to owner stories. Um, and it did come yeah. up in owner stories. And I thought it's kind of relevant, the speed is everything thing uh, for my situation. But when I was listening to Stephen telling his story to me, uh, you know, the other day, the other yeah. week. Yep. How the roads enjoy, it's where you live, right? It's, it's the roads that you have. It's the roads yes. that you can enjoy. And it's the roads where you can get the most out of the car. And sometimes it's not about having, you know, the fastest 911. And as he said, that 911 that he had was good. But, you know, it obviously mm-hmm. got a bit twitchy on times when he was driving it. And, you know, and, and it could be a little bit too much to handle. Yep. And he decided to get a 912 because he wanted to experience a 912. He wants to drive it yep. in Jersey. And he wants to enjoy it. And I think that's, this is the thing. We all get hung up with speed because all these things coming out, whether it's electric car, whether it's a naturally aspirated car, whether it's a turbo car, it's all about not to 100, not to, to you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all about this, yeah. this speed yeah. thing, like you said. And it's like, we've got to sort of step back and think, is it really, you know, everything? And is it really that important? Yeah, I think there's a dimension of it that is, but yes, you're dead right. Like um, listening to um, Stephen with his 912 kind of talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, I'd, I know, sorry, I know exactly what he's sort of saying. I'd never quite thought about it that way. And he, I think somewhere in the podcast, he even mentioned that um, he prefers 
for the same vintage, his 912 over like a corresponding six, six cylinder 911 because um, there's less weight in the rear. So he yeah. feels like he can flog his 912 a little bit harder and it's more balanced. And it's like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. Look, I'm not, I'm not the person to be talking um, 912s about because I have very little appreciation for it. Um, it's probably just not really my thing. And I don't, I don't really have enough knowledge about it to kind of understand but it was an interesting perspective. Yeah, and can you imagine when it's so sorted by Andy Prill, when he has it so sorted, you know, it will, mm. you know, the experience will be pretty, I think it would be a pretty good experience. And, you know, that's what I liked about Stephen. though. Sure like it would it, be. Yeah, but what, like you yeah. said, that's what I liked about Stephen is that he had that blood orange 911 that was fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's experienced it and he's decided, hang on, I can't, I couldn't enjoy that where I live. So, yep. you know, I get... Not the next best thing. You get something that you're going to enjoy. It's about the experience, isn't it? And it came up today, actually. Um, it came up today when they were talking on that podcast. I don't want to keep referring back to the podcast, not an ad for that podcast, but where he said um, he was talking about um, the guy from Sharpworks, Alex, asked him, asked Sam, yes. how long does yep. it take you before you can go for a proper drive in London? How far do you have to yes. drive out? And he said, you know, it's, it's yep. about an hour. He has to drive an hour before yeah. he can get onto roads. And, you know, you think about where yeah. I am here in London at the moment, you know, it would yeah. probably take about an hour before you get to open roads. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. why do you, you know, you've got to think about the cars you buy have to be suited to the environment that you're in. Yeah, true. Very true. I mean, so like this kind of weird sort of notion of is speed everything, it, there's many different kind of angles to it because I also kind of pondered it I think it sort of came up when Chris Harris reviewed the latest GT3 and because it's basically got the same engine but it's got in individual throttle bodies or whatever it is um, as opposed to the last GT3, but it's effectively the same engine. It's a little bit, it, there's a little increase in horsepower, but he basically kind of said, yeah, look, you know, 500 brake horsepower is pretty much all you need in a road car these days. Like anything beyond that, you just don't need it. So then, like, I guess that's kind of talking about McLaren 720s yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and yes, you can kind of go faster, but, you know, do you actually kind of need yeah. it? And is that what is is that what's kind of making your experience more fun or more enjoyable or whatever else? Um, uh, so because he kind of said that, I thought about my own sort of stuff. And I do remember... I must admit, when I had my 993, which was, you know, I'd had it for 12 years, it was well sorted because I'd tinkered, you know, tinkered like crazy with it, you know, suspension. But not super exhaust, fast blah, blah, blah. compared to what you have now. Yeah. No engine no engine mods or anything like that. I tried a Steve Wong chip, chip at some point. But um, I do remember kind of when it came to the point of letting it go, it was like, yeah, you know what? I um, I kind of want something faster. Yeah. I do actually want something faster. And when I got in the GT3 and I, you know, I test drove the black one for the first time, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. This is kind of it. Like, and it did make my 993 sort of feel redundant in terms of, you know, like if you were really going to kind of hair around Sydney on some twisty roads or whatever else, you pretty much will get, you know, wasted by, you know, the latest Golf GTI even yeah. um, or a Mini Cooper. So. comes back to the two-car Porsche garage, though, doesn't it? You know, would you have a 993 and your 997 GT3, or would you have the 997 GT3 you have now and get, like, a 992? 
Yeah, it's just funny. So I don't know. Like maybe I'd, another kind PDK, of factor. That, PDK as well for the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have a city Porsche 911 and you have your driving Porsche 911. Yeah, like I'm sure most people can kind of relate to this, but I also sort of feel like um, in my particular kind of car history, every time you kind of buy, like I think I've pretty much always bought a car, the next one has always been faster than the previous one. So I have kind of, you know, gone down that path. Um, And the thing about it is that you drive the car for like a couple of weeks maybe and um, after after a while, you actually get used to it. You get accustomed to it, so it doesn't feel powerful anymore. I always, you know, I felt that about my 1M. The GT3 that I currently have would probably yeah. feel like that too. It's like, oh, yeah. I know it's quick, but it doesn't necessarily yeah. feel that quick. But it's like coming from the Audi to um, my 911. The 911 felt so fast. Yeah. But it, I don't yeah. think it feels that fast now. I mean, it, there's power there, but it doesn't feel, you know, yep. super fast. And that's... So this is why, you know, McLaren releases a 720S because everybody yeah. keeps wanting chasing more. this particular sort of thing. But but where does it stop? Exactly. So And people at the moment, like in a lot of the, um, the uh, automotive sort of journalism that I sort of read, keep talking about peak car. When, when is or was peak car where the sort of the experience of like that you're kind of chasing, you know, uh, and I think that's coming back to sort of 997.2 GT3 RS. That's where a lot of people are kind of landing. And look, for me, for example, like I just sort of said, my GT3, I know it's quick. Um, and I still get like tons of thrills, like um, even with all the mods that I've done. But so I don't have an itch to kind of go faster at all. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I need more power. But having said that, I've never driven a 991.2 gt3 in a manual and if i did would i kind of go oh wow like Mm. my gt3 feels slow i really want this maybe i wonder though how it would feel for you though if you could if there will be an opportunity where you could drive a 997 uh, gt3 rs and then see how that feels to see if the the difference highly unlikely but um, you know what i mean like it'd be interesting to know the difference you know listening to that podcast today it's like there's there's quite a big difference from a gt3 to a gt3 rs um, I don't think it's massive. No? Maybe from my car to a 0.2 GT3 RS probably would feel different enough, but I don't think, like, I, uh, when you read sort of Renlist forums um, with just a 0.1 from a GT3 to a 0.1 RS, there's not enough of a difference to kind of, you know, make it worthwhile. Yeah. And then the, um, the other thing I thought about when we're talking about is speed everything, and I just want to refer back to yeah. last week's um, owner stories, the one before this week, like yeah. Scott. Uh, Scott, who yep. <coughs> who actually uh, sold his turbo and sold his Cayman and bought a GT2, a 996 yep. GT2. And I hope yep. Scott doesn't mind me mentioning this on the podcast. Um, but I sent him a message and I think I just said, how's it, how's it feel, you know? And yep. Yep. he said, uh, and I'm going to read, I'm going to sort of read what he wrote to me. He said, big power and yep. two-wheel drive make it a car you have to pay attention to. I think this one has yep. DJ Markski tune on it. I don't know if you know what that is, Steve. And he said, I spun M-A-R-K-S-K-I. No, DJ Mark's gig tune on it. He said, I spun out on yep. the first five-mile drive, five drive because I was not paying attention. Bloody hell. Um, wow. Might need to get professional instruction. So 
shut his pants then. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, you know, it's exciting and it's a great-looking car and I'm really excited for him. I think, yeah. you know, he's so passionate and it's a yeah, great yeah, car. Yeah. But, like, reading that, it's like, just shows you, you know, you have to you have to have your wits about you. You can't, you know, you come from, he's coming from the 996 Turbo and then he jumps into yep. the, you know, GT2 and it's, GT2, like, completely yeah. different because you're so, uh, I guess you're so used to what you've been driving and then you're in this other other yes. car which is so much more powerful, you know? Yeah. So much yeah, more power yeah, yeah. and so much more speed and, you know, and can be a little bit twitchy, I guess, if you're not careful. So be, it, and part of this is speed everything thing is like I sort of said before, I kind of thought about Marco and his speed yellow um, 906 Turbo. It's yeah. like, uh, I'm going to be quite curious as to see how long is it going to take him before he gets, you know, really accustomed to the speed um, and, you know, it doesn't feel quick to him anymore. Um, yeah. Because from the passenger seat, that thing felt stupid quick. Like, we talked about it again the other day, um, and I just sort of said to him, surely there's a tune on this because it's kind of tweaked in pretty much every other area, so there must be a chip in there somewhere. How can but you tell if there's a tune, he though? doesn't know. Sorry, Steve. Did, can Auto House pick that up? Can they do and uh, check the know. ECU? I guess so. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I, I, mm. I reckon it would just take for somebody who knows, like, and one of the guys there will know what a standard turbo feels like and jumping in that car, but um, from the passenger seat, it felt dumb quick. Really? Maybe that's just normal, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I if it had a... I would Could probably be. put it back to normal, though, for me. I think I'd want it back to normal. I don't know why. Yeah, well, you know, and is speed everything again, too, like, with those 996 turbos, they've got a massive reputation for being, you know, tunable, like in the in the ilk of like um, JDM, like Japanese kind of cars. Well. Yeah. Ah, just like, you know, like a Skyline or whatever. You know, you don't really buy a Skyline to kind of keep it standard. Like 996 turbo um, is built to kind of be tuned. So whether or not you kind of fall into the hole of kind of um, starting to chase yeah. power just because you can, because it's fun. It's like, tricky though, isn't it? It is tricky with the speed huh. thing though, Steve, don't you think? I mean, because everyone's trying yep. to sell you to get the next, the biggest thing, the best thing, you know? Yep. You buy a base yep. Carrera, it's like, why don't you buy the Carrera S? It's the status thing too. Like yep. like we just thought about the 992, yep. Steve, you know? Yep. I'm, I'm guessing the 992 base Carrera is a fantastic car, you know? A 992 base Carrera yeah. in manual is probably a really fantastic car. It's probably fast enough. You know what I mean? But we yeah. always feel like we need to have the S or the Turbo or the 4S or, you know. Um, it's this hierarchy, isn't it? It's also that. It's also the status side of it. And I think you have to sort of move A up. little bit, yeah. Depend. I guess it depends on your point of view. But, yeah, like, you know, the speed thing... So, like, sheer speed in terms of the physical kind of pace and, you know, your naught to 100 time or how quick you can kind of go around the bend if you're sort of chasing somebody, you know, um, down the um, national park. Um, uh, it's obviously not about that. Like, it's, there's a very obvious answer, which is, no, it's not just about that because when you start taking into account, like, the kind of sound experience and like how well it handles and well yeah. you know like can you feel stuff through the steering wheel and stuff like that um there's so much more to the kind of experience yeah. like you might be kind of going the thing i love about my car is that i think you know even if i'm kind of doing about 70 or 80 it still feels it still feels quick and fun and you know really really quite exciting um i was saying to my uncle yeah 
Go ahead. I was saying to my uncle, like, who didn't drive his own um, 991.2 um, on the weekend drive, oh, you should have taken it for a drive. Um, you know, you should have come with us in, uh, as opposed to being a passenger. I bet you his car would have been quicker than um, either of us down that same bit of road because it's newer and more competent and, you know, like um, more able to kind of handle the bumps and stuff like that. But I bet you, for me personally, if I was in that car driving versus my car or Marco's car, I bet you I would have been having more fun in mine. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. Your car is an experience. You know what I mean? It it feels completely... As a passenger, it feels like an experience. When you drive it, it feels so much more than as an experience it feels obviously yeah. it's much more of an experience than my car you know what i mean and i'm not putting yeah, down sure. my car yeah. you know when i got my car like it feels yeah, yeah, good yeah. and when i'm driving it but you know going into your car then going back to my car it's like you know it, it's it's just not even close it's not even close to the same feeling it's a different feeling altogether and like i said to you after that drive that day you know whether it was yeah. the seats or whether it was the, sh- the numeric shifter but it's just the way you sit in the car. It just makes you feel different. It almost gives you confidence. Yeah. I don't know why. In a way, it gives you, you feel like more confident in it, which is a bit of a worry as well because it is faster. Um, uh, no, that's a good thing because it is. And, you know, like I'm pretty sure when I um, when you hopped in my car um, up Putty Road and I pretty much sort of said to you, drive it hard, don't brake for the corners, like see how fast you can kind of go through a sweeping bend. And it's just um, sort of ridiculous. And look, that kind of then goes, that does go back to kind of speed to a degree because you're kind of going, yeah, like a lot of the thrills is to sort of see how quick you can go in it. But but even when I'm following you, I can see that you're taking corners faster than me. You do. You take corners faster than me. You When when we're, when we're driving, you yeah, because it's sticky and you can. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, yeah. we're pretty close. You know, I can keep up with you. But then at some points when it gets very twisty, your car yeah. is so much faster through the through those through those corners. It's so much faster, yeah, of course. And that's that could be of due course. to your and confidence in driving, but I think it's because it is it is no. so sticky. You know, a lot of it is the car. It's sort of why I was curious to see um, with Marco's car um, in terms of the sort of speed difference, like through twisties. Um, but yeah, we didn't quite kind of get there. But I'm still curious to sort of see how that kind of comes. I wonder, is he going to put um, Cup 2s on his car? Get, put really sticky tyres on it? Uh, I reckon it's going to be new. Uh, to be honest, um, he won't mind me saying this, I don't think. Um, the tyres on his car are quite old. Oh, really? So I reckon it will be, yeah, it will be up for a new set of tyres at some point. Whether or not you kind of go Cup 2s or not, or just, you know, go for 4s as if I was I in. Um, I was thinking maybe we should get Cup 2 for my car, and then I'll be faster. What else? What else? What else? Anything else? Yeah, no, it's just interesting. Like, yeah, is is sort of speed everything? Like, no, not necessarily. I think you know, if you kind of, if you're in a boxster kind of thing and you're enjoying all these other parts exactly. to it, um, if it's if it's quick enough, um, for sure. Like, I, you know, like that's obviously part of the deal, but. Then there is that bit that I think that that's kind of an enthus- in all of us, like enthusiasts, where you become accustomed to the speed and yeah. um, then you kind of hanker for more. So yeah. I don't know where that sort of level is, but I would be curious, as I sort of said, like me personally, I am probably actively avoiding it because I just know that it's it would never happen, but... I suspect that if I got into a 991.2... 
manual, which would be significantly quicker than my car. Yeah. Um, I would hanker for the extra kind of speed, well, but and and by all accounts, we've mentioned it before. You know, the opinion is is a great a great GT3 that point too in manual. Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be brilliant. It'd be a Absolutely great GT3. Brilliant. Just um, get rid of those um, seat inserts. Oh, with the horrible stripes. <laughs> I saw a um, I saw a new GT3 for sale today, and the seat inserts on yeah. the new GT3 are so much nicer. The GT3 RS. Where it's got like little perforation or something in the seat oh, it's and sort pattern. of got the kind of coloured bits on the yeah. inside of the um, perforation. Yeah, there. it's a little bit like the GT2 seats, I think, the GT2 RS seats. But it was really, um, unless it was a GT2 RS, but those seats are so much nicer. I don't know what Porsche were doing with those seats in that GT3 with that stripe. Oh, I just think it's that kind of classic racy look that the Germans have that sort of yeah. funny aesthetic where funny when they decide to kind of be sporty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when a German goes sporty, it sort of has a little bit of a over, over the topness to it for made up words. I found a guy on YouTube actually, and I can't remember his yep. um, name, but he's got a, a GT, uh, a spider. He's got the spider, mm-hmm. the new one, the 4.0 mm-hmm. and he's done the, he's done the switchable thing. Is it Carnual? Mm-hmm. He's done. I think he's done something on the exhaust. Yep. Carnual, yep. But what's really yep. nice about his Spider is it's in GT Silver, black wheels, satin yep. black wheels, um, and he's in yep. Sweden. But he did the seats. Yep. The seats have got the same seat uh, fabric as you, the 911R type um, seat inserts because yep. he's got the full lightweight buckets. God, it looks good in the Spider with the top off and the, those in, inserts. yeah. It looks so good. So he's nice just got the car. he's just got the silver stitching inside with black interior, GT silver, you know, black wheels. Um, on the back, it doesn't actually say seven one eight Spider. It just says Spider. I didn't even know you could get that in black. And then he's got the Porsche blacked out. Oh yeah. God, it looks. It, yeah. it really does look good. It really does. It really yeah, is a yeah, nice yeah. car. That car. I think that's a really good. I think that's a good second Porsche if you want a newer Porsche. You know, I think you'd have a lot of fun in that car. Mm, it's all about money, mate. I know you want one. I know you want one. Yeah. But um, so I've got to ask too, yes. um, who is currently winning the Spend Michael Bart's money competition? <laughs> no one's. No one said anything. No one said anything. Uh, come on. Somebody. Who, who? What have you done of late? And I haven't done whose anything. Fault is it? I haven't bought anything, Steve. I'm still sorting uh, through other Okay, so. Th- nothing. I haven't even bought the book. I keep seeing pictures of the books that I want, like I said, and they're big. Um, I haven't even bought yeah. – here I am last – I haven't bought it yet. I haven't bought the, uh, the Stuttgart Classica um, gear knob that Nick uh, uh-huh. showed me, that one for the 997. Uh-huh. I am going to buy that, but I haven't bought it yet uh-huh. um, because I buy yeah, it cool. and I spend the money now and it just sits here until I can go back to Sydney, which I'm, at the moment I'm not sure when that's going to be. So Yeah, sure. But I will buy that. That's that's expensive. That's 350 quid. That seems like quite a lot. Yeah. So. But there's plenty of other things. I'm always so looking. Winning. I'm always looking. Like I said, the 912 still hasn't gone away. I know you're not a big fan, but it hasn't gone away. Yeah, because I like so like in in my little leaderboard competition thing. I'm assuming that's um, Ajmal and Nick, um, 912 Nick, and uh, I don't know some of the other kind of people. I don't think but people are buying much if, at the if moment. They, if they convince you to buy a 912, then they probably are going to get you to spend a fair bit of money, which is good. But um, I'm going to try to trump them by convincing you to get yourself into a GT3. I think I'll pretty much win yeah. if I can get you to buy a GT3. I mean, yeah, 991.2 <laughs> GT3 in manual uh-huh. or, a, or a 997 GT3 RS or, yeah. or a, a 991.1 
GT3 RS. Yes. Point two is obviously nicer, but a point two is very expensive. Yes. You know, they're they're tempting cars, but they're a lot of money. Um, and for people that don't know how much they cost in Australia, they're they're in close to four hundred. You know, they're th- high three hundreds into four hundreds. Mm-hmm. So they're a lot. But so that's how I'm going to win. Aj- Ajmal and Nick, you're going to have to get him to buy like <laughs> multiple cars to beat me. Uh, um, I noticed Ajmal, yeah. Ajmal at Flat Cap Driver. If you haven't been to um, Ajmal's channel, it's at Flat Cap Driver on YouTube. So go and check it out and his and his Instagram. Mm-hmm. I noticed he put the white. Uh, he was putting the white stickers on his car. I don't know whether you finished that, Ajmal. Oh, I haven't humble. seen the pictures of it. Did you see that on his Instagram? I, s- I saw the mock up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to the one on the bonnet suggest, was a bit small, um, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think. Depends where you put it, because if you don't put it dead bang in the middle and you offset it, then it might not be. It might not look out of proportion. I always like the ones on the rear, on the engine bay, where it covers part of the. You know, it's half and half on the rear fender on the engine, mm-hmm. wherever they put it. I always like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just want to say I did read something you sent me today, Steve, from that from that intercooler. Before we go, yeah, that intercooler app was that Singer article. Was that from intercooler? Oh, uh, yeah. So Henry Catchpole wrote an article. So um, he writes for intercooler. As to yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote an article as to it was the first one that he'd sort of done for them, which is about the singer. What's it really like to drive a singer? Yeah, yeah I I completely forgot, and it sounds yeah. almost ridiculous when you read it now that the singer engine bay is leather. Leather, leather lined. Yeah. <laughs> like when you when you read that, it's like, oh, that's right. It looks good, but it's an engine bay, and it's and it's quilted <laughs> it's leather. Quilted leather, it's not just, you know, like. It's tr- it's trimmed. Did you really have to do that? I have to say, though, the, the Porsche of the week for me, the one that's been looking pretty amazing, and he's posted really yeah. good images of it and, you know, rocking up with Zuckerman to Spikes or to their hangar or the whatever. Gunterworks. Johnny Lieberman with um, that Gunterworks. Yeah. Gunterworks. I mean, I know it's, you know, was it 750000 I think he said it was, or 650000 It's like, yeah. oh, my God, it's a lot, but... That the stance of that car when he was in Malibu Cars and Coffee Place, yeah. and then when he was going into their hangar, and and the pictures he's been putting on Instagram. I mean, if you haven't been to Johnny Lieberman's Instagram, go and have a look. But that Gunther works is pretty. It looks bloody cool. It looks really cool. Um, I have very, to say, it does look yeah. very cool. Very, very different to a Singer, like in terms of yeah. it's a much more kind of. Mod- I don't know why everybody seems to kind of compare Singer and Gunther works. Maybe because it's the same sort of money, but. I don't mm. know. It, seeing that car, I kind of like it better. I don't know. I kind of like the look of it better. I don't know why. Is it a nine up? Because it's, it's just, a nine nine three. No, just a different concept, isn't it? Because um, they're both um, obviously uh, resto mod as such, because they've taken an old kind of model and done something with it. But it uh, obviously the Gunther works sort of looks more like something out of the future sort of thing. It looks more like a Porsche show car. Yeah, true, true. Before we go, I just want to say back onto the me spending money, Steve. So I was getting onto yeah. something with the Singer article and you <laughs> probably know where Sorry. this is going. Oh, you're going to buy a Singer? So somebody's, everyone knows, somebody's going to beat me. All the, listeners, <laughs> all the listeners know how you're big on you know putting extra leather and extra carbon into your car. Yeah. Like you've bought so much carbon and so much leather. In fact, you've in, you influenced me to buy that leather parts you know, that from, from, you know, uh-huh. from the UK here. Yep. Yep. So maybe you haven't gone far enough. Maybe you need to get your engine taken out, dropped, and do the leather lining on the engine bay. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, don't be thinking so. It's an interesting article that um, Henry Catchpole wrote because it's like his point was basically like, yeah, it's just a little bit on the nose to kind of, you know, line a 
an engine bay with quilted leather. It's like, yeah, I kind of agree. But if you're modding your own car, your 997, and you think maybe I should mm-hmm. do what Singer's doing and maybe I should leather line my engine bay, you've gone too far. Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Con- confessions of a Steve. Like yeah. I actually had pondered. I had pondered a little while ago whether or not I should get the roll cage wrapped in leather. I like that though. I think I I would actually say mm. if you can get uh, if you can get um, John John to do that a pro stitch. I would I would get the price on that. It'll be thousands. Because Singer do it, right? Singer do it and Gunther work. Do yeah. Gunther works do it or just Singer? Singer do, I, I know. I don't know. Singer do it, yeah. It looks nice though. It does um, look nice. It does look nice with the kind of stitching and all of that. It seems, again, you know, same, same old conundrum with me, which is kind of messing with a motorsport product and sort of making it all, you know, bespoke-ish, but... I don't think it would cost that much because it's it's not that much to cover. They're just roll they're just roll cage. You know, it's not that big, is it? Can you if John John at Pro Stitch, if you're listening, he probably he's probably falling off his <laughs> he's probably falling off his chair. The amount of labor involved. Get it. I think you should get it costed and think about it. I think that could be quite good. By the way, um the listeners should know that Steve Steve took out his Pepita inserts, his nine eleven R type Pepita inserts. You should put them back in. I think they're good. Yeah, I changed I changed the gear knob around I put back my old kind of carbon shifter in it just for a change as well. <laughs> I'm looking for things to do. This whole, I'm going through this period. You want of, to buy something else, don't you? You want to spend money. You're the one that wants to spend money. Uh, yeah, but the competition's not about spending my money. It's about spending yours. So. I have no money. <laughs> my money's up in the clouds. Uh, All right. That's okay. Let's, let's finish it, mate. Let's, let's finish it for today. All good. I don't know. I don't know how I'd like to say let us know in the comments what you think but it's a bit hard because there's no comments but um is speed everything I think it gets to the point yeah and we didn't touch on the new GT3 I haven't watched the videos maybe we'll talk about that next week and we'll touch on that next week Steve yeah I'm sure everyone's watched it um I don't think there's anything new that we can say about it but I only watched the Jay Leno one last night I haven't actually watched them yet um Mm -hmm. I watched a bit of Carfection and then I I had to go away from it so I didn't go back to it but I watched Jay Leno, yeah. and I have to say, sound, it sounded amazing. Sounds cool. He yeah. looked, he looked really Jay good. Leno looked really cool in it. He seemed to love it. I mean, he, he was basically saying it was perfect, right? They'd just done it perfect, mm. basically. He looked really short, you know, like when the tracking car was taken. He looked like he was sitting really low in it. Is that how I look? Because I, I am actually only quite short. I don't know. I'll take a photo for you. He looked like he could barely see over the windowsill. <laughs> he always looks like he's, he's looking through contacts, so he's always like looking up like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit weird. But the sound of it was um, the sound of it was good. No doubt, you know, like mm. even looking at the rear of it on the road and seeing it again, eh, the wing's not that bad. And the back looks okay, you know. Eventually, you're... You know, eventually you want one. You never get, you can't buy one, but eventually There's, you want one. I, I, I didn't send it to you, but I'm sure you would have seen it. Like I've seen it on quite a few Porsche Instagram um, accounts. There's a picture of a Shark Blue 992 sitting next to literally, I think it must be like a Miami Blue um, 991.2. Have you seen oh, right. that picture? How does it, no, I haven't. How does I'll it look? I'll dig it up. Um, the 991 looks so much better. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it seems a lot of people are not keen on that shark blue. A lot of pe- I've heard a lot of people say they don't like it. Uh, yeah, sorry, and I'm not comparing the blues. I'm obviously just kind of going. There were two blue cars that are similar yeah, hue. Yeah, and you just look at the actual just the design of the car, yeah. and the 991 does look better to me. But it does look better, huh? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the image. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, Steve. Cool. Um, we'll talk again Cheers, next week. Cool, cool.
All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. Um, I should always end. <laughs> I should always end by saying, you know, and I don't. I always assume that everyone who listens to the podcast has listened to it before, but I did actually get a message from someone. <laughs> no, I got a message from someone the other day that they said they listened to the first episode and it was like, you know, the episode two weeks ago. Is they lie? Right. No, they enjoyed it. People enjoy it. People have been very generous. I, I have so many nice comments from people and I have to say thank you to everyone because there, there really is a lot of great comments that come through, Steve. I don't send them all to you, <clears throat> but there are a lot of great comments. Um, but thank anyway, you. if you don't know already, my name is Michael Bath. Um, I'm in London and Steve is in Sydney. Um, Steve owns a GT3, as you probably heard us talking about, and I also own a 911, but not a GT3, just a 997 Carrera. Anyway, thanks, but that Steve. That will change shortly because yeah. I'm going to win the competition. Steve's going to spend my money. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, see ya. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening and bye for now.